0: Here. It's an honor for me to be here. to see that the uh, legacy that I uh, was a part of in, back in the uh, back when dinosaurs still roamed the earth and I lived here in Christ here at, uh, in San Angelo, Texas, and before I went to Christ for the It's still going on and that many things are happening here in this city. God is good all the time. I'll ta- I ask you to take your Bible if you have one. To Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one. We're going to begin reading with verse three. Actually, I didn't give them enough uh, scripture references. I told them it was three through five, but it's actually three through seven. We're going to read quite a few verses here. If we may, just five verses. Verse three says that. Have you found it? Ephesians chapter one and verse three. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the fact that you are blessed by grace. You're blessed by grace. You're not let off the hook by grace, you're blessed by grace. You don't just get a new start by grace, you're blessed by grace. Amen. These, grace and what a blessing is, is good words spoken over you. So grace has good words to speak about you, praise God. Your life will never be the same when you come to Christ. But We'll begin reading with Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Today we're going to be talking about the, uh, that you are blameless by His love. That you are adopted by His will. That you are accepted by His beloved. And that you are redeemed by His blood. Amen. Chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen Us in Him before the foundation of the world. Don't miss that in Him part. He didn't just choose you specifically. He chose Jesus so that anybody could get in before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Verse, uh, where are we? Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Look at this next verse. To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Let me say, God will share His praise with no one, but He will share His praise with grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. When's the last time you said praise the glory of His grace? We think that's, you know, taking praise from God, but it's not. The Apostle Paul himself praises the glory of God's grace. The only other thing that should be praised besides God is grace. Thank you. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Father, thank you for this opportunity and thank you for this word. I believe it will make a difference in the hearts of everyone that will hear it and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was uh, at a pastor's meeting in Junction, Texas one time years ago. And a whole bunch of preachers were there. There was one guy there. That didn't seem like he belonged. We were a bunch of guys who all spoke in other tongues. That sort of makes you different from most. There was a guy there, pastor of what is known as a Bible church in Fredericksburg. They don't speak in tongues in these churches. I don't know how they call them Bible churches. But anyway, uh, they were there. <laughs> it was a great guy, great, great people. They, uh, they had him there, and I asked him, I said, what are you doing here, brother? He's a sweet guy. He said, my wife, my wife works for a publishing company in San Antonio, Texas. I said, yeah? He said, yeah. And she was diagnosed with some disease. I'd never even heard of the disease, never heard of it since. Big, long name. He said, diagnosed with a disease that was going to kill her in a few years. Put her in a wheelchair and, and then kill her. In a few. I said, how long ago was that? Oh, he said years ago. I said, she's in there with the women. Yeah, she, she's just fine. How did that happen? He said, "Well, that's why I'm here." He said, "Because I never really believed these things happened." He said, "But she works for a publishing company in San Antonio, and a guy walks in by the name of Freddie Garcia. How many of you have ever heard of Freddie Garcia? Freddie Garcia wrote Outcry in the Barrio, a book full of miracles of how God got him off drugs, and out of the gangs, and everything. Freddie's story is amazing. got to read Outcry in the Barrio sometime." She edited that book for publication, and after it's all over. He walked in one day, Freddie did, to have her, you know, put the finishing touches on the book. And before she turned it loose to him, she had her hand on the book, she pushed the, the the manuscript rather, pushed it over there to him, she said, Mr. Garcia, this is finished. But before you take it, there's something I have to ask you. He said, What is it, ma'am? Is this all true? <laughs> is all of this true? He said, yes, ma'am, it's all true. All of these miracles in here, they really happened. Yes, ma'am, they really happened. When I laid my hands on people, and I saw God, all he did for me. How, how, how do you explain me if it's not all true? He said, why are you asking? She said, I've been diagnosed with such and such. It's a death, it's a death, I have a death sentence from the doctors. He said, you don't have to die, ma'am. Reached over that desk and laid hands on her in the name of Jesus and rebuked that sickness and disease, and Jesus of Nazareth healed her right on the spot. Went back to the doctors. All her symptoms went away. Went back to the doctors. All the x-rays, all the tests, all the blood tests, everything. They couldn't find one thing wrong with her. Hallelujah. And years later, she's still alive and well. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm just saying you're blessed. You're blessed by grace. You're blessed even when you belong to some organization that says, we don't believe in this. You're still blessed. It is yours. It was designed to, to bring you out of, out of a life of tedium a life of dull, a life of nothingness to bring you into a place where God's riches and blessings could flow to you. The first thing I want to say to you really, though, is about this idea of being blameless by His love. Blameless by His love. According as He hath chosen us in Him, verse 4, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him. How? By love, in love. You're blameless because He loves you. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, you're blameless because you're in Christ, and He loved Christ so much. I I I love this worship team, don't you? I just love this worship team. The guy looks like he just arrived from the, you know, from the gym. The guy looks like he just got off work. Guy looks like he just got out of prison. The girl looks like she just stepped off a runway, you know. The cheerleader. The escapee on the guitar over there. I don't know where he escaped from, but he's a, definitely an escapee. He needs to be in a jacket. The college professor on the end. Huh? Of course, then Keenan. You don't put a motley crew like that together because you like the way they flow together. Who would put this bunch together? They're all here because of love. Who would put you who would put all of you together? Old and young and red and yellow, black and white, and brown. Why did they leave the brown out? I've got brown grandkids. I don't like that the brown aren't in there. Jesus loves little children, red and yellow, black and white, I always say red and yellow, black and white, and brown. <laughs> they weren't thinking. The brown's taking over, if you ask me, praise God. Any brown folk here say Amen? Okay. <laughs> but he puts us together because of love you're blameless because of his love heard about a guy who went forward to ask the preacher to pray for his hearing he said would you pastor would you pray for my hearing so the pastor stuck a finger in each ear and prayed big prayed loud prayed long popped his fingers out of his ear said how's your hearing now he said I don't know I don't see the judge till Tuesday Can I say to you, you've really already seen the judge. You're never going to be judged because you're already blameless because he loves you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. You've already been judged. My mother once blamed my brother for what I did. She said, she said, it's your fault, Tony. He's six years older than me. She said, it's your fault. He said, but John did it too. I was six. He was 12. And she knew that the only reason I did it was because he led me into it. He thought we could both do it, then he could lay it all on me. But she knew I wasn't smart enough to think up that kind of sinful thing. It takes a 12-year-old to come up with something that complex and sophisticated. She blamed him for what I did. The thing about that was she was right. He should have been blamed for what I did. He should have been beaten for what I did. And he did get beaten for what I did. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was his fault. But the wonderful thing about salvation and about this thing with Jesus is He was blamed. God blamed Him for what you did. And He never did anything wrong. But God the Father took it out on Him as though He was guilty of what you had done. It's an amazing thing. I've never heard a story like this. And justice prevailed in Jesus taking your sin by love. Ephesians 5, verse one, chapter 5, verse five, rather, chapter one and verse five, "Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. So you have been adopted by His will." I don't take that as some ethereal will. The will of God, I personally believe, has fully and completely been scripted. I believe it was scripted before we found it in this Bible you read Galatians chapter 3 it says the scriptures preached before the gospel unto Abraham and every translation says it the same way the Greek says it just like that that the Bible preached to Abraham 400 years before it was written that means they were operating from a script when angels would show up to talk to Abraham they were operating from a script that was written in heaven glory to God and later manifested to us as the Bible you were adopted by his will wills are written down you can't just whisper your will your last will and testament in somebody's ear Say, I'm going to leave you everything. Go tell the lawyer. No, that won't work. It has to be what? Scripted. It has to be written out. When he talks about you being adopted by his will, the good pleasure of his will, that means that God was almost giggling when he wrote the Bible. (laughs) Write this down. This is exciting. They're going to love this part, the good pleasure of his will. He wasn't writing the Bible with this music. Ba-da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. He, that, he had that parolee with those tats all up in his arms singing up there and blessing Jesus. Somebody like that while he's writing the Bible because it was the good pleasure of his will. It wasn't the bad news. It's called the good news, praise God. My son came home from Christ for the Nations one year. Had a recording. Back then, we had everything on cassette tapes. He was. Dad, I got the new tape. I got the new recording from Christ for the Nations. By the way, we sang one of our songs from Christ for the Nations. You know, the, 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 the Revelation song, that's one of ours. Time for a little strutting. Anyway. <laughs> he brought it home. He said, he said, listen to this, Dad. Put it on. He said, oh, that's my favorite song. He said, I'm on this one. There's a thousand voices singing. I listened. He said, I'm on this one right here. I listened real hard. I said, which one is you? He said, I don't know, but I promise you I'm there. I'm in the record. It's been recorded, and I'm there. That made me start thinking about well, the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number. Of all the nations and kindreds of people and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb. <laughs> a number so big that John couldn't count them. He said, I don't think anybody can number them. With white robes and with palms in the hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and under the Lamb. And I got to thinking, who did John see? John saw a large crowd of the redeemed. He said, of every kindred tribe and tongue, praise God, red and yellow, black and white and brown saw them all there he saw us there 2,000 years ago he saw us all there 2,000 years ago he didn't see somebody besides you he saw you he saw you he saw crowds and you made up that crowd he saw you there what I'm saying is that you're already there and they cannot rewrite that book if you don't make it they'll have to rewrite the book If you don't make it, you, they'll have to rewrite the book. If you don't make it, they'll have to rewrite the book. That tells me you're going to make it. That's really all I'm trying to say is you're going to make it. Tell, you, you're the escapee. You're the escapee. Yeah. That's why I like you. By the way, brother, I work alone. All right. Verse 6. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. That means when it says in here, it really means by. Accepted by the Beloved. Would you just reach over and touch the people next to you? If you can touch someone, just touch them and say, yeah, come on, with, with, I, I'm being serious. Would you look at each person you're touching and say, by faith. You may have to do it by faith, but let's do it, especially if you're sitting by your husband. Let's say, I accept you. Come on, look at the other person and say, I accept you. Come on, look at them and say, I accept you. You see, the praise of this glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Talk about grace at work. Now the Beloved has to accept you, and they have accepted you. The beloved, the people of God accept you just like you are. Jan Crouch was having a big, evangelistic, a big evangelistic thing one time, and I heard Tommy Barnett tell the story. Tommy was there. Had a big evangelistic outreach, and they they uh, and they were broadcasting it all over the nation. They had witnessed at this biker rally and had won a woman to the Lord who was all tatted and pierced, and she'd been in the back, backer, game, backer gang for most of her life, and she was probably in her early 40s, late 30s she got saved, gloriously saved and was telling, the, telling everybody how, how, how much it meant to be saved and how the weight of sin had been lifted off her and she couldn't stop crying she was so, so blessed they brought her on nationwide TV to talk about her experience and Jan was so excited you know Jan Crouch, you know that sweet little gal with the pink hair she was so excited she said, oh that's so awesome we just beat the devil, we, we took one of the devil's best from him oh I think we ought to just curse the devil, don't you? Now here's a lady who knew how to curse. She'd have been saved one day with a hot mic on. She looks right in the right in the television screen, right over Christian television nationwide. She began to call the devil every dirty name in the book. She cussed him up one side and down the other. I mean, she read him the right act, cussing a blue streak. And Jan's standing over there. Of course, you know, they got, the, they got it on delay and they did their best to try to cut it out, but they don't know how much of that blasphemy went out across the... It wasn't blaspheming God, blaspheming the devil. They're trying to push that button to bleep it out. Christian television. When she got through with her diatribe against the devil, Jan's just staring at her with her mouth open. You yeah, had never even heard those kind of words. Did I say you're accepted by the beloved? Jane looks at her and looks right at the camera and she said, well, everything she said is true. I don't like the devil either. Amen. I mean, you, did, you didn't get here because you, you did everything right. You didn't get here because you said everything right. You didn't get here because you knew how to act. You got here because the family of God took you like you were. Glory to God. Come into the family of God just like you are. Nobody says you've got to clean up if you want to go to heaven. No, no. You'll probably clean up. But you use your heart's faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you. And that begins to work from the inside out to prepare you for heaven. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. The last thing I want to say to you is that you're redeemed by his blood. A very high price was paid. The highest price imaginable, the blood of Jesus. I think one of the reasons why there's so much violence in our land is because we don't really preach the gospel in the church anymore. They do here, of course. The gospel is not turn or burn repent you lousy sinner Jesus is coming back and you better be ready that's not the gospel there's no good news in any of that the gospel is simply this Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures he died for our sins he was buried for our sins for our justification And he rose again. Praise God for our glorification, justification, and glorification. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Simple gospel. And it simply says this. If you'll believe this, God will treat you as though you're Jesus. He'll let you call him Father. No people on the planet had ever gotten to call God their Father until Jesus came along. When Jesus came along, he called him Father. Every, time, every single time Jesus addressed the Father, talking to him, he called him Father. Never once ever looked up into heaven and called him God. He called him Father until he's dying on the cross and the Father has pulled away from him. Then he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did that so he could die for you. He did that so he could die for you. His blood brought you in. It's a powerful thought. I think the reason why there's so much violence is because men instinctively know that someone has to die for how they feel. They're violent for no reason, it seems like to us. But their reason is they have to deal with this pain that's on the inside of them, and so they take it out on society. They take it out on one another. They know instinctively somebody has to die for the way I am. Somebody has to die for the way I feel they've never really heard. They know Christ died, but they missed the gospel part. Christ died for you. Christ died for your sins. If We preach that Christ died for our sins. I believe men's hearts will turn toward Christ and the violence that they hold toward society will diminish. Knowing that someone already has died for them so they can live forever. What we talked about today is that you're blameless by his love. You're accepted by his will. You are Adopted by his will, I should say. You're accepted by his beloved and redeemed by his blood. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to talk about the blessings of grace. What it means to have the grace of God in our lives. To change us, to make us new, to bring us into the family of God. Into the beloved and be accepted there. To be adopted by the will of God. That the will was written out for our sake. And we find our names there. They can't rewrite it. Thank you, Father, for these people who have gathered here to hear this message today. And I speak to those who have great need now. Great need for salvation. I pray that your spirit will tenderize their hearts to receive, to receive Christ. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed, may I ask you, who who in this room will say, preacher, if you?